Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is from John 10, just read earlier, uh, focusing on these words. No one will snatch my sheep out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. You know, I love the detail of John's Gospel. It was winter. It was the Feast of Dedication. This was the festival when they rededicated the temple and commemorated the cleansing of the temple by the priests. And here you have the one who did his own house cleaning of the temple earlier in the Gospel of John, walking through Solomon's colonnade. I mean, that had to be impressive. It's the dead of winter. And the good shepherd is out walking, looking for his sheep. And he encounters a pack of wolves who surround him in the colonnade and interrogate him. How long are you going to keep us in suspense? And by the way, the literal Greek there is a bit different. It says, how long will you take away our life? That's really what they're asking Jesus. For these guys, Jesus' identity apparently was a life or death issue. They want to know whether he is the Messiah or not. Inquiring minds always want to know. Jesus tells them they're not going to get it. They don't or won't understand anything he says or does because they're not part of the flock. They don't know their shepherd's voice. If they did, they would be listening. They would realize who it is who was speaking to them. So let me just stop here a second and ask, do you know who your shepherd is? Do you know what he's saying to you? Do you know his voice? Do you know what he's saying to you this morning? He wants you to hear loud and clear, no one will snatch you out of my hand. My Father who has given you to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of his hand either, because I and the Father are one. I mean, really, that's a summary of what I want to talk to you about this morning, because it is a life or death issue for you and me. No one will snatch us out of his hand, or his father's hand for that matter. No one will snatch, seize, steal, overpower. I'm I'm a bit sensitive about this term, about this part of the text. About a month ago, as some of you know, I was out in San Francisco. Uh, I was at a meeting for the Chinese Academic Consortium, getting a quick bite to eat for breakfast before I was going out to my meeting. And in that little bit of time, somebody smashed the window of my rental car, stole my backpack with my laptop and all the work I had done for the last nine months. I'd done everything right. You know, I always put my backpack in the trunk, you know, did it the day before. This one time I didn't, and it just happened to be my lucky day. The whole crime probably took less than 15 seconds. 15 seconds, nine months of work, priceless. (laughs) Steal. Seize, overpower, snatch. It can happen to any one of us. We can do everything right, and still something goes wrong. And it's at times like this that I realize just how uncertain this world is. I mean, what's to guarantee, frankly, that we will receive that eternal life that Jesus says is ours as his sheep? There are all kinds of thieves just waiting to steal us away from God. I mean, I met a witch once. I meet strange people every now and then. Uh, She told me that she prayed to Satan for the downfall of pastors, if you can believe that. 
And I told her to give her her best shot, you know. Anyway. Uh, and I hate to tell our SMP students on this cold day, you know, <laughs> but there are actually people out there praying for you to fail. And the Apostle Paul tells us that in Ephesians 6, uh, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I mean, that's who we're up against. And if that wasn't enough, we've got the world with all its issues, gay marriage, increasing opposition against the church and dissension within the church, a media and culture that seems bent on recreating the created order, and all these outside forces, special forces arrayed against us. And if that wasn't enough, we've got ourselves to contend with, and it's a never-ending battle. You guys know I like to read the early church fathers, and there's an African bishop named Cyprian who put it like this. He said, you just get control of whatever sin you're struggling with, let's say it's greed, and then lust springs up. And once we get lust under control, ambition takes over. And if we can keep ambition down to a dull roar, we still have to contend with anger that gets exasperated at the least little thing. And even if we can keep our tempers from flaring, pride is right there to take its place, not to mention jealousy and more lust and greed. And the list goes on and repeats itself. He says, this is what the soul goes through every day. All these risks take a toll on the heart, he says, and yet this is where we want to be rather than with God. Thus far, Cyprian. <laughs> no one can snatch me out of Jesus' hand, out of the Father's hand. Okay. But they're sure trying, and half the time I'm right there with them. No one can steal me away from God, but what about me? I can jump out of the Father's hand or let go of it anyway. I'm my own worst enemy in that regard, it seems. I mean, who's going to protect me from myself, let alone from the world and from the devil? They're, these are the wolves we have to deal with in the 21st century, but frankly, they've been dealing with them every century. You know, when I was in college, I used to be on a singing team that traveled around the country uh, promoting Concordia College, Ann Arbor. We'd sing, do puppet shows, skits. By the way, it was the 80s after all, okay? <clears throat> and I remember this one skit we did. It was the Good Shepherd skit, okay? And the guy with the beard, Mark Britton, always got to be Jesus, the Good Shepherd. You know. Somebody else would be the wandering sheep who would uh, wander away from the sheep pen and You'll never guess uh, which character I got to be. You see, I had a mustache at the time and uh, my blue hat that I like to wear. Uh, so you guessed it, I was typecast as the wolf. Yeah. So we bring all the little kids, you know, up and have them be sheep in the skit and they love to go around buying like sheep. Uh, and my job was to sneak up, usually playing something on the piano like da-da-dum-dum-da, you know, and, and come up to them and uh, pounce on the sheep who had wandered away. Well, of course, the shepherd was always supposed to intervene with his staff and kill the wolf. But what I found out in this little scenario is that the little kids really hated the wolf. I mean, I was like the Darth Vader, the Lord Voldemort of the skit. And they would always boo when I came out. You know, I started getting a complex, I'll be honest. Uh, not only that, but I remember one time when I jumped out to pounce on the sheep, Shepherd came over with his staff, and he pretended like he was pounding on me with his staff, and one of the little kids got into it, into it a bit too much and shouted out, hit him for real. You know? <laughs> I mean, they really hated that wolf. 
They knew, you know, the wolf's whole goal was to go after the weak sheep, the wandering sheep. Sheep are pretty stupid anyway, you know, they got an IQ of a chair. If you've ever had to take care of sheep, you know what I mean, but they're easy prey. And if it was just up to the sheep, just up to you and me, frankly, we'd lose every time. But here's the beauty of this text. It's not up to us. It's not even about us. Well, actually, actually it is, but it's even more about him. But he's all about us, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, we say. And he didn't come down to see how all the little people are doing or to meet his public. Uh, he saw our situation. He saw how helpless we were and are, like sheep without a shepherd. He came down. He came walking into the winter of our discontent and did something about it. He came down to our level in order to bring us up to his level. We're not just sheep to him. He calls us brothers and sisters, children of God by grace through faith in him. And some of us he even calls to be fellow shepherds. He went so far as to lay down his life for us, give his own blood for us, and goes even farther in giving us a blood transfusion every week so that we have the same blood type as he does. And because of what happened at Calvary, everyone gathered here this morning has royal blood in them, the blood of kings, the blood of the king of the universe coursing through our veins. We are bound by blood to one another and to our God. And so when Jesus says, no one can snatch them out of my hand, no one can snatch them out of the Father's hand, he's not just expressing some wish. This is reality. Jesus is the shepherd who eats wolves for breakfast. He's also the shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, but he says he's not alone in this. He and the Father are together in this one for us and for our salvation. And the Spirit, of course, is there too as the shy one of the Trinity. The, the Holy Trinity beats the unholy Trinity every time. So let me conclude with this. I mean, the wolves are out there. The thieves are too. There's a thousand different ways things can go wrong. And if you live long enough, you'll probably get to see most of them. But we have Christ's promise here in John 10. No one can snatch you from the Father's hand, the Son or the Spirit's hand either. And whether it's your own sin or someone else's, it only has as much power as you want to give it. Because we know neither sin nor death has any power over us. And how do I know? Because he is risen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.